Hello and welcome to another episode of the Odd Pod Show. I'm your host, Josh Frank, along with Wayne Brulee today. We're also known as Two Odd Dudes. Yay! All right, so it's, uh, it's another day for a podcast about weird stuff. So I was thinking what I wanted to talk about, and I realized I talked about poop the first time around. Why not just talk about I'm the opposite? so thirsty. Why not talk thirsty about what? <laughs> I'm thirsty. <laughs> okay, that's kind of <laughs> disturbing on how to be thirsty about. Never mind. <laughs> I've 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 got a strawberry lemonade here and I'm thirsty. <laughs> Let me talk about urine. Uh, we all do it. We all we all do it. Everybody does it. Uh, it's a healthy. Even dogs do it. Dogs do it. Cats do it. And uh, a healthy person may urinate anywhere from four to ten times in a day. The average amount, however, is usually between six and seven times in a twenty-four hour period. My wife calls me crazy because I pee a lot. So. Maybe she's right. I am unhealthy because I don't think I go only 10 times in a day, but I'm like six to 10 per hour. Doctor diagnosed me. Doctor diagnosed you as unhealthy for peeing so much? Yes. Am am I going to die? Yeah, I will. But when? Oh, okay. That that gives me (laughs) relief. All right. (laughs) Uh, But it's not out of the ordinary to urinate more or less on any given day. Okay. So I should have shut up, let you finish. (laughs) <laughs> so it's not unhealthy either way it's just on average a healthy person is six to ten times a day or four to ten times a day but when i saw that i was like that's a lot because i i pee i don't pee that much i don't think i do maybe i just don't count and then i was peeing and it seemed like it was like for last lasted quite a long time which uh but how much you how much you pee does depend on many factors age how much you drink in a day what you drink, the conditions of medical, uh, diabetes, urinary tract infection, medical usage or medication usage, bladder size. And uh, so I felt like I was peeing for, for a long time, a little while ago. But uh, I mean, the average amount of time to, to, to pee is about 10, 15 seconds, depending on how much urine you need to eliminate. So yeah, 10 to 15 seconds is the average time it takes to pee. Are there any rules for the time when you think it takes an hour no oh okay <laughs> but uh so some women actually in yangshi rome drank turpentine because it was their urine smell it said their urine smelled like roses wow turpentine yes turpentine which you know can be poisonous to make their pee smell good so they didn't live long i guess or you could eat asparagus and not have to worry about it yeah, I mean, <laughs> could be, could be nobody thing. will be sniffing your pee after you eat that. <laughs> the word urine is from Latin urina, which is from the variant of the uh, Proto-Indo-European root auror, meaning to moisten, flow. Okay. So that's where urine comes. So I'm just going to, every time I pee, I'm going to say, I got to go flow. Um, it it makes sense. I got I gotta go moisten. Yes, <laughs> moisten the water. Moisten the toilet. Yes, it's yes. not moist enough. So 
approximately 200 years ago, European women urinated standing up. They wore long dresses and no underpants. There'd be a lot of pee on the legs. <laughs> That's what I thought when I saw that. I was like, what kind of toilets did they have back then? Well, in the Middle East, they, it's just like a hole in the ground. Yeah. Did they put like a funnel up, you know, or did they just let it go? Uh, I, well, I don't think they really had much for funnels 200 years ago, did they? No, probably, no, probably not. 20 years ago, no. So urine, you know, is a liquid, obviously. It's the stuff that comes out of the opposite of your butthole. And it's a liquid byproduct of metabolism in humans and in many other animals. Urine flows from the kidneys through the ure ureters to the urinary bladder. Urination results in urine being excreted from the body through the ure urethra. urethra. Uh, urine plays an important role in the Earth's nitrogen cycle. In balanced ecosystems, urine fertilizes the soil and thus helps plants to grow, which is why I'm going to be peeing outside more. Well, that's where I always go. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, I, I yeah. do too when I need, when the bathroom's being taken up by my whole family because I'm uh, three girls in my house so i got one bathroom so you can really relate to the sunday video for from tiktok then because i i made that one as a joke uh we have two bathrooms so it's not that big of a deal yet but i go pee outside quite a bit and it definitely isn't a very good fertilizer because the spot that i tend to pee and the spot that my two-year-old takes us out to pee because two-year-old boys just love to pee outside. But all that grass doesn't really grow well. No, it does not. It looks like it turns brown or yellow. and it... Even when it's shady. Yeah. Shaded grass, and it still kind of dies. Yeah, so it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if, unless maybe it's not, you got to be healthy or whatever, but you pee outside and fertilize your lawn, I guess. I bet it's a, I bet we could tie that back to the section that I talked about tomatoes and pizzas. Because we talked about cows and fertilizer. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it's mixed in with the poop. Uh, yeah, I mean, should, yeah, because, you know, they, you know, poop is a fertilizer, too. There we go. P like, equals poop. P equals poop. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been almost too easy. Uh, <laughs> uh, historically, aged or fermented urine was also used for gunpowder production, household cleaning, tanning of leather, and dyeing of textiles. I could definitely see it being explosive under the right circumstances. Yes, but uh, I can tell you nowadays, I'm not cleaning my house with urine. Why not? Everybody else does it. No. Everybody else has in historically. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it makes the carpet smell nice if you're into that kind of thing. No. So, no, it's, <laughs> not, it's not, <laughs> not. No. Uh, <laughs> I can't even stand the cat box. Human urine and feces are collectively referred to as human waste or human excreta, and are managed via, via sanitation systems. Livestock urine and feces also require proper management if the livestock population density is high. So the average urine production in adult humans is around 1.4 liters of urine per person per day, with a normal range of 0.6 to 2.6 liters per person per day, produced in around 6 to 8 urinations per day, depending on state of hydration, activity level, and weight, and individual's health and all those other factors producing too much or too little urine needs medical attention so uh i guess if you don't so that goes back to peeing 
four to yeah. ten times a day. I don't think either of us are healthy because you hold it all day and I don't. I do the opposite. So there's, so we just even that out. Then we're, we must be average together as one. We're both gonna die. We're both gonna die. <laughs> we're both gonna die. Yeah. From dehydration or overhydration. Yeah. Right. Polyuria is a condition of excessive production of urine, more than 2.5 liters a day, and oliguria when less than 400 milliliters are produced, and anuria being less than 100 milliliters per day. So it's called polyuria, excessive production of urine. That's exciting. I'm, I'm glad you were thinking of me when you wrote down your research for the day. Somehow you just knew that I pee 40 times a day. I'm I'm sorry to bring that up to you, but yes, you. I guess you have uh, polyuria. All right. Is that what your doctor told you? An official diagnosis from a real doctor. I'm a real doctor. Real doctor of something. I'm a real doctor of Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, there we go. I think that's what they use anyway. <laughs> right. You fit right in. Fit right in. Perfect. So urine consists of nitrogen, ammonium. Uh, nitrate, nitrite, phosphorus, potassium, sulfates, sodium, magnesium, chloride, calcium. I'm not going to tell you how much of each consists of, but that's a list of what your urine is made of. I'm just curious if it's got more calcium in it than my hard rural water. I don't know, but, but the calcium, since, since you did mention, is it says 230 milligrams per liter. So I wonder if what's better for you, pee or rural water well you could actually drink your pee no you can't not directly that's a that's a big myth a big myth yes it has to be filtered yeah it's got to be filtered that's like one of the first things they told us at survival school was no you cannot survive drinking your own pee i found that in uh, when i was doing my research but i forgot to take notes on that part so i'm glad you uh responded to that because <laughs> i forgot yeah. to take my notes on that one it was a little disturbing for me so I've never had to be in that situation before, but I wouldn't want to. But I mean, if, if you absolutely have to, I mean, could you do, if you're lost in the wilderness, could you at least do a little bit? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because if you're dehydrated to the point where you think drinking your pee is going to save your life, you're probably so dehydrated that you're peeing all over the place and not even knowing it or not able to generate it at all. So you might be better off of not drinking it. So you might. The odds of you living a little bit longer without drinking is better. I don't think so. But you could probably. Anyways. <laughs> that was we're, an awkward pause. We're, we're going to move on here. <laughs> an elephant can urinate more than 13 gallons a day. It's easier to measure this on a male as females often poop and urinate at the same time. It's easier to measure it on a male. What gave him that idea? <laughs> I don't know what they're measuring exactly, but... <laughs> oh, measuring what comes out of the unit the unit uh now in a swimming pool with 110,000 gallons of water researchers found that over the three-week period swimmers released 7.92 gallons of urine 7.91 of those came from me every time i thought about going swimming <laughs> so technically that's point zero 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 seven nine percent of the liquid in the pool so it's nothing to really even notice when you bring it down to a percentage if that makes you feel better 
Well, what if you're only drinking that percentage of the pool and that's the percentage of the pool that's pee? Well, I wouldn't... What if it didn't get all mixed up in there from the swimmers? Or if the swimmers were swimming and they mixed it up and it actually concentrated it in a tighter ball of pool pee? But I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to drink the pee and drink the pool water in the first place with, with all those chemicals. Isn't that what makes it good? That's what I like about it. What makes the water good? Yeah, that chlorine is just incredible. Not good. <laughs> not good for you. I mean, I'd rather, I guess I'd rather drink pee now and then I'm not drinking no pool water. Oh, so you're, you'd rather drink pee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting deep here today. Well, I got, this got a little awkward, but that's okay. That's the name of the show a little bit there. 220,000 gallons, they found uh, 19.8 gallons of urine. So twice as much. Oh, I mean, I don't know why they, I mean, no, that's a little, that's about time. That's about two and a half times as much. You're also going to want to keep your mouth closed while swimming or even hanging out in the hot tub. I can see that. Um, researchers tested 250 samples from 31 other pools and hot tubs and found the ACE levels were 570 times higher than tap water. So, in the sense, ACE levels are not good. The normal range for ACE is less than 40 nmol slash ml slash min. Yes, so that's that. And then you do 570 times that. Yes. Um, how much have you peed in your hot tub? I try not to. Try not to. Um, but I, I do anyways. But it is all hot and warm and you're relaxed, so maybe you don't even know. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe I don't even know. Maybe you should suck the water out of your hot tub. No, I think I'm good on that one. You can get a shop back to do it. I'm going to shop back to do that one. <laughs> I think when I'm done here, I'm going to uh, go empty the water in my hot tub and refill it with some fresh tap water. Straight from the hose, 40 degrees. Straight from the hose, 40 degrees, and have it take three hour, three days, three weeks, or whatever it takes to warm it up again. Yes, perfect. Then you can take yourself a hot motivational, or a cold motivational bath right before you go to work. No, I could, uh, I could get in there and I could, I could pee and see if the temperature rises any quicker. Oh, there you go. Just give you a little extra, extra warm boost. Add the very, I forgot what you said, how many fluid ounces a pee is. Around 1.4 liters of urine per person per day. Okay. And how many gallons is your hot tub? Probably about 500. Really? Yeah, 500. Because a uh, two to three person hot tub is 300 gallons. And ours is like a eight person. So like. So we'll say 600 because this is for a six person. So 600 gallons times 3.785. So that's 2,271 liters. And one point, how, how much liters per day? 1.4 liters of urine per person per day. So if you did all of your bladder releases into your hot tub, it would take you 1,622 days with none of it evaporating. And we know that's not right. <laughs> so what you need to do is actually find 3,400 friends and you can have it filled up in a half a day. So... You don't have to worry about your water bill going up. You're welcome. Thanks. So, so, so pretty much the whole, my whole town. All right. Twice. <laughs> yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
I, I'd be, you know, there's 5,400 people here, but. <laughs> oh, it's really grown. Yeah, it has. Um, a few other things here too, real quick. During pregnancy, a woman urinates more frequently. You know that. Due to fluid changes along with bladder pressure from the growing fetus. After birth, woman will have an increased urinary output for up to eight weeks. This is because of the extra fluids she may have received during labor from an IV or med medicine, or as well as the body's natural response to mobilize and eliminate fluids after birth. Yeah, we know it doesn't only last eight weeks. Yeah. They still go pee a lot more than they did before. Yeah. My wife can't, uh, she can't, she has to pee, she has to pee, she can't hold it any longer. Children destroy a woman's body. Yep. 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 Amazing. A creature can do such a thing. Yep. Yeah. So actually we got some more animal facts real quick here about their urines. A horse such as a Clydesdale can urinate more than 4.5 gallons a day. A fin whale's bladder can hold five and a half gallons of urine. Camels do not store water in their humps. When they need to, they keep most of the water in their bodies from turning into urine. Consequently, camel urine is twice as salty as seawater. When they do urinate, they urinate all over their legs, which helps them keep cool. It's very creative. Smart camels. Yeah, camels are actually pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, I knew their humps were all fat and not water, but the rest of that was kind of surprising. Well, here's the thing, too. Bears do not urinate while they hibernate. Their bodies convert urine into protein and use it as food. Why can't our bodies do that all the time? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, I'm hungry. Let me just, you know, after this many years, I'm, I'm really tired of going to the bathroom. I know, especially today or whatever. I peed and then about 10 minutes later, or felt like 10 minutes later, I had to pee again. I was like, are you serious? Tired of this. Yeah, this, this big evolutionary theory and, like, we haven't figured out why animals have to go to the bathroom and why that hasn't evolved out of a thing. I don't know. Maybe we have, but I like the idea of why do we do it? It needs to end. We need to protest for this. End urination now. End urination now. So there's actually records for this. So in 1999, on June 16th, a 35-year-old from Egypt had 22 liters, 38.7 pints, of urine removed from his kidney due to hydronephrosis, an enlargement of the kidney caused by a blockage to normal urine flow. The kidney's normal urine capacity is three to five milliliters, 0 0.105 to 0 0.175 fluid ounces. The kidney was eventually removed on July 6th of 99 and measured 50 by 40 by 25 centimeters, which is 19.6 by 15.7 by 9.8 inches and weighed 700 grams, which converts to 24.6 ounces. So you know how you can carry four gallons of milk at the same time? Yes. You can put the handles next to each other and grab two in each hand? Yeah. If, if you were moving this guy's urine in milk jugs, you would have to do that and drop them off and go back and get two more. All right. That's a good, that's a... That's quite the perspective there. I mean, I knew I knew it was a good good size. I mean, obviously it's good size on Guinness for some reason. Yeah, that's a lot of pee. That's a lot of pee. And a yes. good size, yeah. Uh, there's one more record here I got uh, for first person to relieve themselves on the moon. My first thought was Armstrong, which he was actually on this one. 
on this mission. It was Buzz Aldrin. But it was, yes, it was Aldrin. Yes. I did hear about this one. I just, I was thinking Armstrong, but that's because he was along for the ride with, you know, he was doing the mission with him. While still on the ladder, while descending on, uh, onto the lunar surface, uh, Aldrin urinated into a special collection bag within his spacesuit. 1969 on July 20th. That makes sense. I would do that. That record can never be broken. No, it can't. But that's a... But do any of them have the record for being the first person that pooped on the moon? No. No, I don't think so. That's very strange, isn't it? How can there be a record for first person to pee on the moon but not poop? So yeah, that's uh, I could go on and on with all this urine stuff, but it'd probably take a while for all the information on chemistry balance and all that this episode of the odd pod show is sponsored by percheron coffee at percheron coffee we're on a mission to provide you with the best freshest coffee you could ever imagine our coffee is not roasted until you order it and it is guaranteed fresh head on over to percheroncoffee.com p-e-r-c-h-e-r-o-n coffee.com use promo code oddpod to save 15 percent off your order you can find us on facebook at percheron coffee instagram percheron coffee and wayne the coffee guy on tiktok y'all have a good one thanks a lot you know when i was in germany we'd get drunk and often well we often got drunk and we would sometimes pee in the roads and the roads and outside the lot of the bars that we went to were brick. So we kind of turned those into a yellow brick road, if, if you will. Yes. And, yes. Yeah. yeah. I got you. I got what you're saying. And there was a documentary about yellow brick roads and tornadoes. Really? You remember that one? What was it called? Uh, there's an old man in it. There's uh, a brainless person, a heartless person. Oh, the wizard of Oz. Yes, yes, that documentary. Uh, <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I missed something, maybe it is a documentary. <laughs> no, it definitely is because uh, it's based in Kansas. And oh, no, it's got to be imaginative because nothing exciting has ever happened in Kansas. Nobody has ever been swept up by a tornado and taken to a, another land with a wizard that turned out to be an old man and a creepy old witch and then come back. Maybe they should have, maybe they should have based that movie somewhere more interesting than, then I would still believe it's a documentary. Right. <laughs> um, tornadoes. Have you ever seen any kind of tornado? Not, not in person. No. Well, what about like a little dust devil? I was, I was going to say, yeah, a little dust devil. Yeah. Yeah. Those are still, pretty much tornadoes the way they work um so this i spent several hours actually doing research for tornadoes and it ended up in just me watching youtube video after youtube video of tornadoes and storm chasers and it was really cool (laughs) but we have we have a lot of tornadoes around here Uh, what what percentage of tornadoes do you think reported globally are in the u.s probably like 25 percent. okay so they happen on six of the seven continents the only one being antarctica that they haven't happened on okay and 25 percent is right if you're talking about the rest of the world so the rest of the world reports 25 percent of tornadoes combined oh. 
75% come from the U.S. Wow, okay. Yes, I got you. That's what I meant. Got you good. <laughs> you just didn't let me finish, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. Yep, that's what it is, yeah. We'll, we'll make excuses on that one. <laughs> uh, so in... In 1925, there was the deadliest tornado in known history, and it was over a mile wide with winds over 300 miles an hour in 1925. Oh, gosh. So it lasted three hours and 35 minutes, where the, the normal is just a couple of minutes, and it's gone. Holy crap. So normally, they'll just go on a couple of minutes, the storm kind of dissipates a little bit and they disappear. And they usually only cover a mile or so, maybe two, three miles. Wow. So this one, knowing that, what do you think? Uh, what do you think? How long it lasted? For which one? You just said three for, and a half hour. for the world's deadliest tornado. Oh, it's deadliest. also the longest one ever known. As in time? Yeah. Well, didn't you just say three and a half hours? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were making confusing me for a minute. I was like, wait, did I miss uh, something? It went 235 miles from start to finish. Oh wow. Yes. Clearing a roughly a mile path the entire way. And there's still spots where you can see scars in the ground from it. Dang. And this is almost a hundred years ago now. Uh it destroyed fifteen thousand homes and killed six hundred and ninety-five people. Wow. And then I haven't actually seen, well, I have in Texas, but being here in Tornado Alley, I haven't actually seen a tornado, but I have seen the, when the clouds come in, it gets black, black as night. And then they light up green. And so it's like an emerald green kind of evil looking color up in the clouds. And uh, then you can see when the funnel starts to come around. Uh, but I've never seen one actually touch the ground. Uh, so then we've got the, the largest tornado. The largest. The largest like distance um, across the funnel. Right. It's uh, 2.6 miles wide. Wow. That's... Uh, yes. It, it's so big that in these videos, you cannot tell it's actually a tornado. And that was one of the things that they were talking about in the video I watched about it was that it was so big being in there that they couldn't really tell that they were in a tornado until they started seeing tornadoes inside of the tornado. Whoa, that's that'd be kind of cool to see. They said it's it was one of the most unusual scientific events that they'd experienced. Wow. But these were really cool videos. Um, and I got lost in them. And I didn't have time to go back and watch them all. But this one was also the fastest moving tornado. Uh, fastest like across the ground in ground speed. Oh, right, right. So normal was 34, 35 miles an hour is how fast they normally travel across the ground. Um, there was one really cool one that was here in Nebraska that... I think they said it was 97 miles an hour and it was because it kind of it got close to another tornado and it just kind of did got sucked in by the by the bigger tornado and spun out the other side so it went really fast this one was traveling um 174 miles an hour holy crap that's uh, that's geez. yeah like across the ground and it it had winds 
between two and three hundred miles an hour in various places. Wow! In inside the tornado, um, it didn't. I don't think it tore through any towns, uh, but there have been quite a few in Oklahoma. Oklahoma always seems to get it, but uh, like Oklahoma City, Toby Keith's always doing a charity concert for more Oklahoma uh, tornado relief. Yeah, I drove by there. I drove through there one time, and uh, there was a tin shed set up on the side of the high on the side of the interstate. Just a tin shed, and then it had spray painted on it "Tornado Shelters," which was spelled wrong, with an arrow pointing down the road. <laughs> I I would not want to live in the most devastated tornado place, and then buy a tin shed tornado shelter. Right. <laughs> Especially one that's advertised with spray paint. Yeah. <laughs> so I was I was out the other day, and it wasn't tornado force winds, but it was very strong winds because they cut the they cut all the corn, so the wind doesn't have anything to stop it. And I had to pee, and I got out, and it seemed like no matter which direction I turned, the wind was blowing at me. So I just opened up my fly and let her rip. And that was a bad idea because it ended up all over me. And it was it was towards the beginning of spring and summer. And there are, because of all the manure that they use in the fields and everything here, there are so many freaking flies. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we, we actually have a lot of, we've been having fly problems lately, but I think we got them all because we got we got one of those like, you know, the... We don't use them very much because we don't really have as many flies as we've had been lately. But one of those like uh, those fly traps that you hang and they're sticky and they kind of they kind of you know twist. Oh yes, they come unrolled. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's filled with flies now. And uh, I actually put a picture on the uh, on the announcement for this episode and of what it looks like because it's it's pretty bad. I look at it now. I'm like, that's that's. That's a lot of flies I did not know we had. And now we don't see any flies. I, those things work still really well. That's nice. Welcome to a brand new segment that's randomly placed somewhere in the episode called Florida Man. Everybody's fascinated by Florida Man. This guy is insane. Always doing crazy stuff. So here we go with Florida Man. Okay. Um, a Florida man was arrested after doing very Florida man things, including humping a tree and running down a street in the nude. <laughs> that's 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 a technical Florida guy right there. Oh, the 21 year old was found by deputies and was seen hugging and hip thrusting a tree. He was completely naked and allegedly high at the time. That's a surprise. Oh, before deputies got to him, the Florida man ran into the street and was nearly hit by a car that had to swerve to avoid him. And when the cops tried to arrest him, he punched them in the face. <laughs> Florida man. Florida man. What Florida man interested you? So uh, I saw, found this one where a Florida man you know, br- breaks into a home and doesn't say he stole anything. The only thing that happened was he went into, it was in the middle of the night and he went into the, to this man's bedroom and uh, started sucking on his toes. Not where I thought you were going with that. No, not um. that. I, I know that was, that was, that was, that, that was the idea. Okay. 
He said that uh, it says the police the police are on the lookout for a Florida man who broke into a home and sucked on a man's toes. The incident occurred on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to this man. According to the resident, he woke uh, to find the Florida man at his feet, who then proclaimed that he broke into the home to suck toes. He then attempted to fondle the man. Well, I mean, that's what you were thinking. So. That's more where I thought it was going. And after the two got into a fight, the Florida man smashed a window and the victim's windshield before making an escape. No arrests have been made. So the man is on the run because he's on right. the toes. And once again, dear Florida, the rest of the world thinks you're crazy. Yes. Why Florida? I don't know, but it's just the way it is. And back to your scheduling recorded episode. And, uh, but flies are actually insects of the uh, order dip- Diptera. The name being derived from the Greek two, number two, and and whatever that word is, teron, which which is wing. And insects of this order use only a single pair of wings to fly. The hind wings having evolved into advanced organs known as halters, which act as high-speed sensors of rotational movement and allow them to perform advanced aerobotatics. There's there's one million species of flies. One million. Which doesn't make any sense because they've only been able to... Uh, well, I mean, I guess there is... There could be a million different species, including horse flies, crane flies, hover flies, and a bunch of others. But there's only been 125,000 of them that have been described. How do they know there's a million? That's what I'm wondering. How do they know if there's a million if they've only been able to get up to 125,000? Mm. I don't know if they just... They see all these different ones, but they haven't. They're just like, oh, there's not much of these yet. We're not going to worry about them. <laughs> I guess it's a good thing they're scientists and not mathematicians. Yeah, because what is what is that like? Eight hundred seventy-five thousand that haven't been described yet. Yeah, and if it hasn't been described, how do you know it's different? Yeah, like, I mean, were they teeny tiny little bugs that they can't tell the difference between all these other teeny tiny bugs? And you just say, oh, oh, here's a little fly right here. Holy mackerel! Hello there, little fella. Yeah. It's like a fruit fly. I have no fruit. I I feel like I feel like we've got all 125,000 kinds of them at my house. Yeah, there's yeah. Chickens create lots of flies. And you know, before we started this whole episode, I was out there cleaning up all my all the dog poop out there and they're really high sensitive to to smells. Bad smells, not good smells, bad smells, which I guess is good smells to them. Um Flies have a mobile head with a pair of large compound eyes. Mouth parts designed for piercing and sucking, or for lapping and sucking in, in the other groups. Um, in many flies, the larva stage is long, and adults uh, may have a short life. That's because, you know, they have short lives because... We swat them and trap them. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not saying that they die of disease or anything, which could be too, but naturally. Yeah. <laughs> but I just think of... the swatting i swat baby ones too so oh it, there's times where i've wanted to i've wished i could shoot them inside the house but they don't make anything that will just kill flies and not go through the walls so that leaves me stuck with regular traps um but the adult stage is usually short because its only function is is uh to mate and lay eggs so they flies are as useless as we thought they were, they have no purpose. They decompose a lot of dead animals. Oh, yes. And poop. 
to get rid of poop. <laughs> oh, we're relating a lot here to the first episode we did together through this whole thing. We are. <laughs> we are. The genitalia of male flies are rotated to a varying degree from the position found in other insects. Some flies is a temporary rotation during mating, but in others, it is a permanent portion of the organs that occurs during the pupil stage. That's the most exciting thing I've heard today. So, there, so there's actually in culture some symbolism from way back in like 13th century. Uh, flies play a variety of symbolic roles in different cultures. These include both positive and negative roles in religion. Uh, in the traditional Navajo religion, Big Fly is an important spirit being. In Christian demonology, Beelzebub is a demonic fly, the lord of the, of the flies, and a god of the Philistines. Yes, flies are pests, and I, I'd say I'd say de- demonic. <laughs> I've never heard of flies inside of uh, any kind of religion or mythology before yeah i i've never either now a fruit fly not gonna say the scientific term because it's like 300 letters um annoyance annoyance (laughs) that's a good way to do it has long been used as a model organism in research because of the ease with which it can be uh, bred and reared in the laboratory maggots found on corpses are useful to forensic entomologists maggot species can be identified by their anatomical features and by matching their dma dna so yeah flies are just pests and there's i don't see any use for them except for like you said i agree composing yeah that's about (laughs) it here's a few other i guess i don't know how much of a fun facts there are knowing that they're pests to begin with um flies don't have teeth instead they actually have a long tongue uh, it's called proboscis, which sucks up food like a straw. Some flies drink nectar or blood. So does this little fly, does it just go around and, oh, I feel like being a vampire right now. And then it goes and drinks some blood and then it gets up and, you know, I could really use some flower nectar for dessert. Yeah. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Right. The flower nectar. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't, yeah, I don't ever see flies on flowers or anything but we'll say we do i see bees sometimes in the garden yeah sometimes but most of it's all the yeah bees or whatever bees and butterflies um and everybody knows that when well most people should know that when a fly lands on on your food it vomits yeah that's really exciting yeah that's kind of disturbing i still eat my food but we won't we'll act like i didn't say that uh <laughs> it's not like you're eating a whole plate of vomit yeah, no, but it's kind of the thought too. But I'm just like, I'm not throwing that food away because a little tiny little insect landed on it and vomited on it. I'm not going to taste it. It's not going to affect me. These flies that have been around for millions of years, evolving, are still getting airsick. Yeah. Motion sickness. That's a problem. Oh, motion sick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> motion sickness. That's why. Yeah, that's why every time. That's why they land so much. Yeah, I guess. Because they land and then you go squat at them, then they fly away and then they land again somewhere else and like just a few seconds later yeah uh no obviously they they would be carrying disease but during the spanish american war five thousand soldiers died from typhoid a disease spread by flies only four thousand soldiers actually died in the war um that's just a few little little facts they like to eat manure 
Uh, some of the germs from these materials can stay on their feet or mouth parts. When a fly lands on your food, those germs also get on your food. Yeah. <laughs> that, that makes me feel really good about barbecues. But yeah, so uh, just a quick little thing on flies. So, you know, fly in- infestation, like I said earlier, I felt like I had a freaking fly infestation with as many flies that ended up on that trap. You probably notice them a lot more than you do bed bug infestations. Yes. And speaking of, I ended up with a bite on my inside thigh this morning. Oh, no. Rubbing against my jeans. And it didn't feel very good. And it it was like, crap. First first thing that came to mind, bed bugs. Yeah. (laughs) I've got a couple like right on my belly, too. Just in the last day. A quick thing on this infestation on flies. It can be said to occur when there is an exponential multiplication of the insects within a short time which like i said it felt like i had that infestation uh for this to happen there has to be some breeding ground around there where this is taking place like a pile of poop or a rotting corpse yeah yeah now i'm thinking it's my dogs they're bringing these flies uh, no just gotta figure out a spot where where these flies are are breeding or whatever and maybe get rid of them then try one of those salt guns I was going to bring that up too. Uh, I forgot, but then you brought it up. So now I remember. Uh, Peter, actually, uh, one of my buddies has has one of those and he brought one over. That was pretty fun to freaking think, hit those flies with and shoot them with because uh, they go down and they start flapping a little bit if you hit them once. So it actually works? It actually works. Oh, huh, okay. And then you just kind of give them the, the last second shot. Huh. most of the time they you, you you can actually get pretty close to them obviously you gotta go slow to get the gun pretty close but try that. i mean you can get them from a far distance you can kill them from a far distance but it's a lot more funner when you get uh point blank with them they go down it's fun to watch them hmm. you, you can hit them hard enough to where they get they can get stuck to the wall too might have to give it a try in the springtime <laughs> uh so getting rid of the infestation requires a comprehensive approach to prevent having to deal with the infestation is important to take strictly sanitary measures. Uh, These include repairing broken windows and ensuring that there are no crevices left for the flies to work their way into the house, which is, I mean, that's a way to, aside from the sanitary measures, but but yeah, then it just gets into all this deep detail on, uh, but a small fly infestation could also occur uh, these should be dealt with in the same way as other forms. Uh, the starting point should be identifying what the breeding grounds are. And when this is done, one should uh, then de- employ means through which to eliminate uh, any mature flies. So basically, once you find them, kill them. Yeah. So chemicals, electric electric fly catchers, uh, homemade traps, salt gun. Fire. Fire. <laughs> burn your house down yeah <laughs> especially if they're in your house that's when fire is best it works well for flies and bed bugs both yeah yeah <laughs> so there's actually some uh some records for these flies smallest insect eggs relative to female size uh 0.02 to 0.20 uh millimeters uh the smallest insect eggs are the microtype eggs laid by dipteran flies of the family these eggs are generally 0.02 to 0.2 meter, millimeters long. That's a very big gap. That is a 
big gap from a hundredth of a decimal or whatever you call it to a tenth. Yeah, that's huge. Um, there's also the largest uh, dipteran fly, which is uh, the world's biggest species of true fly or dipteran is the giant Midas fly, uh, Garamatis heroes, on December 31st of 2012. It measures uh, 6.23 centimeters long with a wingspan of 11.67 centimeters. Wow, that is very clearly visible. Yeah, that's pretty decent size fly. That'll put a chip in your windshield. Yeah. That would rival some hummingbirds. Yeah, that's 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 big. That is a big. Yeah, I thought horse flies were big, but this guy is massive for a fly. Much, much, much bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, really, that's that's all I got with for flies. Well, we can agree that flies are annoying, and we wish we didn't have to deal with them, right? Oh yeah, like there's there's no reason, really. Overall, there's really no reason for why these things are around they just they just get rid of evidence of death um so if you're a serial killer and you you're not a cannibalist maybe you try growing a fly farm uh if you're a normal person then you're just annoyed with them and you find them to be useless <laughs> um and we we kind of think that peeing is outdated and has maybe become a little useless Especially since camels don't have to do it. Yeah, why? Why should we? Yeah. So and bears, they don't. And bears, they don't pee in, when they're hibernating. Right. So why should we? So flies are useless. Pee is useless. And on that note, I've got to go tinkle. <laughs> got to go tinkle, linkle. Oh yeah, I'm gonna try and fill up my pond again. Let's yeah. Let's just hope this uh, this episode wasn't useless. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> all right and that's been another episode of the odd pod show for today don't forget to like and follow our social media accounts facebook twitter instagram tiktok you can also email us at the odd pod show podcast at gmail.com all of our handles for the social media are at the odd pod show podcast with the exception of twitter at the odd pod show pc so it's been fun guys Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. Take care.